You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. We're starting a new series today called Blessed. And we're going to look through the Beatitudes over the next four weeks. And we're going to take a couple Beatitudes each week. But you're going to learn that this is just a great and a beautiful passage that Jesus uses to describe the kingdom of God. And as we get into that, I want you to know when you hear the word blessed or blessed, that God blesses people. He delights in it. People constantly are asking God to like, give them joy. God, give me joy by by helping me to receive some sort of blessing from you. People always want more blessing. Chances are, like most humans, you're actively pursuing ways to meet emotional needs or physical security. And we take cues from everything around us as how to get those needs met. And we take cues from the signage and the advice and the advertisers in our culture. And many times you and I are following God, but all of a sudden we kind of disengage our GPS and we change course to follow something else that we think will bring us joy. We we follow that purchase or we follow a product, or we follow a person, and we are disappointed in the end. Then what happens? You criticize yourself for spending, for accumulating, for risking when it failed to deliver. And I'm not talking about technology. I'm talking about a culture that persuades you and me to try to meet legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. So after buyer's regret, or a fool me once, fool me twice, self-talk, you proceed to search again for meaning and stability and emotional strength. And this is where the disappointed people of Israel in the history find themselves. You know, the ones who were supposed to be God's chosen people, but the daily reality is that they are merely occupied people subject to the foreigners of Rome. They're supposed to follow the God of, the, of miracles of their history, but daily life gives them more to mourn than to actually rejoice in. And some zealous people want to fight back at Rome and others want to withdraw and hide. And these people are scattered in Israel like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus shows up and he introduces a destination their GPS doesn't show on the map. He speaks of a new kingdom and a stability of the blessed of God. Now, if you go with us to Israel in 2022 next year, I want to show you that you'll see a sign pointing to the mountain of Beatitudes. You'll see this road sign. And as we follow the directions of that sign, we actually get to the mountainside where Jesus proclaimed this first and most important sermon that's ever recorded by Jesus. And this sermon is where he begins to introduce the kingdom of God. This area, this mountainside that you look at there is a natural amphitheater. It can seat thousands of people. And on clear days, it has amazing views of the entire Sea of Galilee. And Jesus would have been there and gathered his disciples to himself and began to teach them. In fact, we find in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, that when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So he's teaching them, but the crowds can hear. 
The crowds were within full hearing distance of all that Jesus is teaching. So Jesus launches his public ministry with this sermon on that mountainside and he unveils a new destination, a destination for joy and security called the kingdom of God. And he uses this unique word. He says this unique word, it is blessed or blessed. Now this is not the same word that you might pray when you're like, well, God, please bless my children or bless our family or bless my health. That describes like a wish. God, I wish you would bless my health. However, the Greek and the Hebrew words that do describe that kind of blessing, they're not even found in this section of the Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes. Instead, in Hebrew and in Greek, blessed is actually two words mashed into one. It's the word akir in Hebrew and makarios in Greek. And it's not part of a wish, nor is it to invoke some sort of blessing. Rather, those words that are mashed together, this word blessed, describes an existing state of security and of good fortune and of joy. So if you're taking notes today, write this down. Blessed describes the state of what already exists. It already exists. It's not something you're hoping for or wishing for or hope would come to you in the future. Blessed refers to the distinctive joy accrued to those who have salvation in the kingdom of God. It's what you already are and what already exists. It's not a qualitative like, if this, then this. Blessed, this word that Jesus uses, is what you are, not what you hope to receive. So being mindful of that, let's look with fresh eyes at Jesus's words. In Matthew chapter five, beginning with verse three, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and they thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who've been persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice. And be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there's this word that he uses again and again, this word blessed. And if we were to take the third beatitude in that list that we just read, the third beatitude should not be understood to mean if you're meek, then you'll inherit the earth. And for years, you've probably heard many sermons or ideas that if you could just be meek, then you're gonna be a person who inherits the earth. Well, that means there's no hope for people who are loud or proud. There's no hope for people who are, are in their very DNA just struggle to be a meek person. It doesn't mean that. Rather, it would mean this, blessed Look at the authentic spirituality, the stability, the joy, the, the blessed of those who are going to inherit the earth. 
So the listeners are hearing from Jesus that there's this new destination called the kingdom of God. There's this new destination that leads to a state of being blessed. And they're thinking the same thing that maybe you are. Well, who are these people and how do I become one of them? Well, let's ask, who is going to inherit the earth? Do you know one single person who's gonna inherit the earth? I mean, in the end, where one out of one people die and leave behind all their securities, all their value, all their possessions, who is ultimately going to inherit the earth? Well, Jesus is foreshadowing those people who will humble themselves, who will receive salvation by faith through grace in Jesus Christ, that those are the people who will in fact inherit a new heaven, a new earth. So are the wicked going to inherit the earth? No. Who inherits a new heaven and a new earth? It's the people that it's promised to by God. The ones who can't be separated from that inheritance. So let me describe it this way. Let's say an owner has a large farm and he has a daughter. Now that woman, the daughter, is the heir. And the people around her understand that the farm is long paid off. It's valuable. There's no other heirs. It's a beautiful thing to have the rights to that that they would say she's the one who's going to inherit it, that by nature of being the farmer's daughter, she is blessed. She's blessed. It's what she is right now. It's not in the future. She's blessed to be the one who will inherit the kingdom, the farm. It's secure. It's authentic. It's a joy to be the heir. It's not dependent on her behavior or her effort. It just is what she is. She's the heir, so she is blessed. See, blessed, the word that Jesus uses here, describes the state of what already exists. Now, if you could use some blessing right now in your life, say amen. Because we all feel that. We all feel like we could use some blessing in our lives. But Jesus' point, as he's introducing the kingdom of God before he's died, on the cross, before he's done all his miracles, he's introducing in this sermon that there is a destination, there is a hope against the condemnation of sin. And he's introducing that those who are the blessed are those who become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are blessed. Jesus is saying, this is the secure reality of those who are saved by grace, not of their works, through faith in Jesus. So let me ask again. Who is the kingdom of heaven? It's those who've received Jesus as Lord. They become the kingdom of heaven. They are now aliens and strangers on earth. We are like foreigners on earth. That earth isn't our home. That we're actually part of the kingdom of heaven. That we belong to Jesus. We are his chosen people. So who is the kingdom of heaven? We are. If you're a follower of Jesus, who will be comforted after death? Believers will. They inherit eternal life. Who will inherit a new heaven, a new earth? Believers will, who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God right now and experience righteousness, even though they still deal with their flesh. We are, who has been shown mercy by God. 
We have. Who will someday see God face to face? We will. Who are the children of God? Those who've received Jesus as Lord. Who inherits the kingdom of heaven? Those same people. Whose reward is great in heaven? Christians. And you have to look and say, all the time I thought that it was if I do this, then I get that. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm telling you about a new kingdom, a new destination that you could be part of that isn't human, that isn't fallen, that isn't fickle, that isn't unjust or corrupt, that there is a kingdom of God. And then you have to ask the question, well, who told you that? Who told you that there's this good news? God did. And he continues to tell you that in his holy, eternal, everlasting, unstoppable, immeasurable, reliable, and trustworthy word, the Bible. I mean, no wonder the enemy wants you to gauge your blessedness on whether God does what you wanted him to or not. Isn't that interesting that the enemy would do that? That he always questions the goodness of God. If you don't feel very blessed right now, if you don't feel you are among the blessed, then you're gonna question the goodness of God because the enemy wants to always question the goodness of God and he wants you to join him in his misery. The enemy is miserable and he wants you to join him in that misery. Being honest, I think there were a few times over the last year that I joined the enemy in his misery during this pandemic. I mean, I'm isolated. I'm grieving some people who passed away in our church while we've been restricted from gathering. We've been, oh, I've been overwhelmed at times with the challenges of work and family, navigating change, pursuing peace when people just want to vent or argue online. I mean, you relate. It's easy to join the enemy in his misery and forget who we are as the blessed in the kingdom of God through Jesus. Blessed describes the secure assurance of who you already are in Christ. So we don't read this word as happy. Happy is fickle. But we read this word as a secure, good fortune, that we are fortunate because of Christ, that we have a joy which transcends happiness, even if our circumstances are really, really tough. Well, here's why you and I need this sermon series you are blessed to be a blessing. The point of receiving blessing is to share it, not just to keep it all to yourself. See, those who have received the blessing of salvation from God are obligated to be a blessing to a godless world. Now, some of you hate the word obligation, right? Obligation sounds like pressure. But I want to assure you that it is actually to your advantage to being blessed to actually share that blessing with others. Jesus wants you to experience immeasurable joy of flipping the blessings in your life. Blessed is the reality of who you are in Christ. And when you and I turn our blessing from God that we've received into a blessing for others, it becomes, I believe, a double blessing that can actually impact generations. See, my friend realized this past year that he needed to describe himself as a Christian zealot. The zealots were the people who wanted to rise up and fight against Rome. They were the Jewish people who wanted to kick Rome out of Israel and they wanted to do it through like their version of guerrilla warfare. Well, he realized 
that he was a Christian zealot, that he wanted God to use God's power to punish or shame those who were anti-Jesus. He wondered like, God, why in the world don't you use your power to destroy those who are against you, to punish them, to inflict pain on them? Why wouldn't you do that? And he realized he was a Christian zealot. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever wondered why an all-powerful God would allow foolishness and wickedness to attack him and other believers? I gotta tell you though, once he came to that realization, my friend is growing as a believer now because he sees that his thinking was in error. And now he wants to embrace Jesus's assignment, his obligation to be a godly person, being a blessing to a godless world. See, blessed describes the state of what already exists for every believer. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Well, if you're taking notes today, write this down. I am blessed by God to be a blessing to a godless world. Blessed by God to be a blessing to a godless world. That's gonna be our theme for 2021. As a church, whether you're church online, whether you're church in person, that in 2021, time and again, we're gonna say at Sungrove Church, we exist. We're going to be blessed by God to be a blessing to a godless world. So in every area and every ministry, we are united together to be godly people, being a blessing to a godless world. And how we love our neighbors, and how we speak, and how we post online, in every area to be a blessing to a godless world, not a stressing to a godless world. Now note, this will be a stretch goal for many, many Christians. Why? Because sadly, many Christians act and react like godless people do in a godless world. So for some of you, it's going to be a stretch goal for you to become a blessing instead of reacting and acting just like the rest of a godless world. But what a joy. What a joy for us to be this destination, to be this security, to be this joy, to be this good fortune that we've received from God, to share that with others. What a joy to be the kingdom of God and to put him first. Like how pleasing it will be in an age of divisiveness to be and act blessed instead. Like this big picture plan and desire of God is as old as his covenant with Abram in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. If you have your Bible, open with me to Genesis chapter two, beginning with verse three. It says this, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed, right? Blessed through you. So God's desire, his big picture plan is that the blessing of God would come through the race and the nation of Israel through God become flesh, Jesus, to bring an eternal plan of salvation to those who would receive him in a godless world. See, we are blessed to be a blessing that the whole nature of Israel being the chosen people of God is that the line of Jesus, the family line would come through that race, through that people group. 
and in turn would be a blessing to all people in the world who would receive him. God's pointing out his eternal plan to bring this kingdom of God to earth to defeat the curse of sin through the family line of Abraham. The descendant of that family line is Jesus. And Jesus then commanded and unleashed his followers to be godly people, being a blessing to a godless world. And in this first sermon, he's pointing you and I with a road sign saying, blessed are the people who become the kingdom of God. Well, the beautiful thing is that we are those people when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. So we are blessed and we get to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Now, when you and I become part of God's forever family by receiving Jesus, we now have the joy of flipping the blessing. We've received it, now we wanna flip it. And I'm not saying that you can like save people. I'm not saying that you can make somebody else come to Jesus. But I'm saying you are blessed to be a blessing whether they receive him or not. So invite your friends to church or invite them to church online. Tell your testimony and do it in a succinct way where you're able to share your testimony of how you were before you knew Christ, how you came to know Christ, and how your life is different after knowing Christ. Share it succinctly in like three minutes. Don't go on and on and on, but let people know. Take the blessing that you've received from God to become the blessed and turn it around and share that good news with others. Share the secure good fortune of a God of love who offers salvation and joy to authentic Christ followers. Because I believe that when the lost see an authentic Christ follower and they see that you have an internal deep-seated joy, that you have a good fortune, that you react differently at memorials, that you actually think differently about eternity, that you look at how you handle your resources differently on this earth, and they look at when your circumstances are brutal and they're really, really hard, I believe it's one of the greatest witnesses that a Christian can ever have, that in spite of my circumstances, I've been declared by God as being blessed. So for the next four weeks, we're gonna study two Beatitudes a week and become blessed people learning to flip the blessing that we've received, and I believe you will watch it multiply. So I'm gonna encourage you, come every week. Watch and learn every week. And I believe your good news, your security, your joy that will exist in you will actually work through you and be a blessing to others. But it all starts with Jesus. The only way to become the blessed of God is to receive Jesus as Lord. It means to lay down your right, to lay down your way of doing things, to lay down all the ways that the world tells you to achieve joy or significance or stability and to acknowledge that there is no stability apart from my relationship with God, that one out of one people die and that the day comes when I stand and give an account before God and the only way to have entrance into heaven to be the blessed who will inherit the earth, who will inherit uh, salvation is through Jesus. And so the way that you do that, you can't buy your way in, you can't act your way in, you can't behave your way in, but the way that you do that, the way that you become the blessed of God is you humble yourself and you say, God, I can't do it on my own. 
and I need you. And if that's you today, and you're ready just to talk to God for a moment, maybe talk to him and say something like this after me, right where you're watching, just say this, just say, Jesus, today, I give you me. I can't get to heaven on my own. I want to be the blessed of God. And I acknowledge that you offer salvation through your death, your burial, and your resurrection that that's the only way to be saved. And I can't save myself. And so God, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, to wash me as white as snow, to make me a new creation on the inside. Make me part of your forever family, I pray in Jesus' name. And you might say, amen. And right now, if you prayed that prayer, there are angels who are rejoicing. God is saying, listen, you now receive the inheritance of those who've put their faith, their trust in Jesus, that you're not gaining a faith, you're actually giving faith, giving belief to what Jesus did on the cross for you. And let me tell you, there's no greater act of love. It's not chocolate, it's not flowers, it's not a kiss on the cheek. There's no greater act of love than one who would lay down his life for you. And that was Jesus. That's how much God loved you to cancel out your sin, to take care of that problem and to offer you this inheritance, the blessedness of those who would come to faith in him. It's why we sing, it's why we gather, it's why we love, it's why we share. We wanna be godly people being a blessing to a godless world in every way that we can. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.